Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. We don't have Matt Cardona on the show. No, you're right. This guy's better than ready. He's always present. Anyway, for IWS, he is the superstar. He is the one and only, the newsmaker himself. Superstar Shane Hawk joins us now. Andrew. I'm already better than Matt Cardona. Matt who? How about that? Always present, always ready, always turned on and ready to go. Ready to say something ridiculous so that we can go viral again. Let's go. Well, let's let's talk about that. Your last time on here, you said a few things that got uh, you, you. First of all, got people talking, but also got you a few more uh, conversations to elaborate on. What? Uh, what, what I, I, let's, let's recap. Yeah, a little let's, recap. What I said. Go ahead. Uh, what I said was that uh, American indie wrestling is the indies on easy mode with the asterisk. Uh, that it's more difficult for a Canadian wrestler. Boo, Canada, I see Jeremy. Good morning to you, too. Um, it said that uh, Canadian wrestlers have a hard, and European wrestlers have a harder time to make it in the United States uh, than the Americans do because of things like border issues. For example, it's illegal for a Canadian to cross the border to wrestle without a visa. Same thing with the Americans. Everybody who was not American agreed with me. Even most Americans agreed with me. However, there were some people, Alec Kane of MLW fame, for one of them, uh, who was quite upset. And they, they were like, oh, you should, you should work my loops that I, that I did. And that I, like, they were upset that I said these things. And I, like, at no point did I say the talent level is off. I didn't say that you're bad at wrestling or that the American indie wrestlers are as bad, like the Canadian wrestlers are better. It's true, but I didn't say that. <laughs> um, what I said was there are, there are uh, hurdles in place that the Canadian indie scene has to face. The Americans don't. Uh, stuff like currency imbalance, right? I mean, it costs us double to go down there than it costs them to come up here. Uh, we can't bring merch across the border, for example, because if they find your bag with merch, you know, you're, you're fucked. You're going to get a five-year ban just for one time, right? Uh, Americans can do that, no problem. Gas prices. You seen the price of gas? Gas ain't cheap these days, boys. I'll tell you. And, uh, you know, various other things like that, uh, citizenship, border issues, border delays. You know, as a Canadian, you can experience like two to three hours at the border as you're being grilled. You can be put into a cell and all these things. And Americans are just like, yep, I'm coming up and I smoke weed. And they're like, okay, no problem. Have a good one. Go wrestle, boys. Have you had those type of border issues before in your experience? Going oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah I have. Uh, there was one, there was a clip that, that went viral recently uh, of the Kevin Steen show. Uh, with the Smash Brothers looking very young about how one time Lufisto was in the car and we got turned around for that reason. Um, and that absolutely happened. I've been denied entry many, many times. Um, friends of mine have literally been arrested and put into cells. Um, and then one of, somebody that I will not mention his name because I'm not going to blow up his border spot, that's for sure. But he got arrested, put into a cell, and was only able to be released uh, because no lawyers were present at the time. That's it. That's the only reason. Just for going to wrestle. So I really, I, I don't think that I was wrong in what I said. Um, I think 
that there, like, there's no debate about it, but apparently to spark this massive debate. So today I'm going to say something else controversial and we're going to clip the caveat away again so that only the controversial part stays. And then we're going to get those outrage clicks, boys. As I said in the, in my title header here, going to say something controversial. I got something in the chamber though. I do. I guess we have to lead and, and find out what, how we get there uh, to to bait that headline out it of you. I appreciate easier, it. was easier to be an independent pro wrestler 20 years ago. And as somebody who has wrestled, I just celebrated my 20th anniversary in pro wrestling. Pro wrestlers 20 years ago could not hold a candle to how much work is necessary these days in the business. All right. Here's why. So that's where our headline is. I say that the wrestlers from 20 years ago did not have to put in nearly as much work as wrestlers of this generation. There's our headline. Jim Cornette's going to get very upset. Now, also, fuck you, Eric Bischoff. Let's do that, too. Uh, we're just going to go for it. Uh, go look. John Alva's going to come on and probably have a retort in about there. Come on, Matt Cordona. I already called you out. Say something, you coward. Uh, actually, he's been very, he was very nice every time I met him, so I can't really talk shit about Matt Cordona. But here's what I mean by that, okay? Now, 20 years ago, indie wrestling, um, one, performance-enhancing business, yes? Uh, but there were a lot fewer spots in pro wrestling, and therefore the people who were kind of like at the cream are always like kind of centered around it and didn't have as much time piercing the bubble because they didn't have as much competition as they did now. Here's what I mean by that. With the advent of social media and the global expansion of pro wrestling, there are so many people, so many talented pro wrestlers that want to be independent pro wrestlers to the point where being a good wrestler is not enough to get bookings anymore. It, it doesn't matter if you're just a good wrestler. If you're just a good wrestler, you just started to practice the custom. The, the level of talent has increased so significantly. Um, here's another thing. Now audiences are, are over overexposed to wrestling. There's a million wrestlings out there. You can watch wrestling every day of the week, all day, every day, and still not get through the weekly content, right? Back then, you just had local TV to do. And even then, you didn't have to promote yourself. These days, wrestlers need to have a sales degree, a marketing degree. They need to know how to do shipping. They need to know all these social media platforms. They need to have, like, a degree in programming. we got to learn AI or else we're going to be obsolete in 10 years. All this stuff, you have access to all this knowledge and wealth information with the internet and all of that, right? Um, there's too much. It's like the, uh, there's just too much. You know, when you have like too many choices and you never pick one because you have so many of them. Well, that wasn't the case 20 years ago when I started 20 years ago, I could just jump into a car, ride down to a show, help set up. Nobody else would be there because there wasn't as many people in wrestling. Right. Um, and then you could like make a headlock a finish because audiences weren't used to seeing several destroyers. Now, whether or not that's a good or bad thing is debatable, and I'd be happy to have that conversation. But I can say it was easier as an in-ring performer to get spots in wrestling 20 years ago. Look at the jobbers they used to have on, like, Saturday night. Or These are body guys. Are we seeing some of these people that used to, like, get regular job spots? Like, they're getting paid, on average, these ham and eggers, right? They have no gimmick, zero gimmick. They don't have to promote themselves because the promoter does it for them, right? You can't do that now. You have to be a proven commodity to get paid now, right? So you've got to come up with it. These guys are just like coming out there in black trunks. They're five foot nothing. They're not in shape. And they're on national TV. 
right? But now if we have Orange Cassidy, who has 30 matches, that's not enough. Crazy to me. Crazy to me. Yeah, I took a shot at you, Jeremy. What's up? So, <laughs> keep I took a shot at everybody. So, so I, I want to bring this up because part of this conversation isn't foreign to me because you and I, uh, Shane, Andrew, however we're going to talk to each other today, uh, it, it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. We we talked about an interview, and Jeremy, you saw the same one with Honky Talk Man, and it was a really quick one where he talked about whether or not he would work the indies. And you and I were talking, uh, Andrew, about yeah. the idea that you know wrestlers today are not built the same as the ones from Honky Talk Man's era. He was saying that they were they were safer back then. Mm-hmm. To somewhat to my surprise, you agreed with me, and we kind of just kind of went down this track here. Do you do you think that the amount of diversity or diversifying of a portfolio for a wrestler today hinders their ability to potentially remain safer in the ring compared to the old guard, if you will? I don't think necessarily that. So I think that the crux of that was that people weren't getting trained properly anymore. And I think that to an extent with the proliferation of wrestling in the world, there are obviously a lot of grifter types who are just like opening up schools um who are just like seeing this on tv and never actually got trained by somebody with a pedigree right like anybody can open a wrestling school you don't really need a license to do it or anything you can just be like i'm a wrestler now and that's it um so i'll agree in that regard that there are a lot of of unsafe people in the business right now absolutely have not been trained properly that being said those who are trained properly are trained exceptionally well and you know, we're talking about whether or not it's safer or not, but it seems to me like these days, we don't have too many wrestlers from my generation. Well, my generation, I'm 20 years old, technically in wrestling, but of like the current era of people, they're not dying at 40 years old of heart attacks, right? So say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. There's kind of a give and take there. I mean, number one, I don't think as somebody with like a laundry list of injuries and currently with a broken neck, um, this is not because anybody actually dropped me on my head. It's just a matter of wear and tear over 20 years. But how many guys from that era do you know who wrestled for 20 years? Only the ones who like really, really, really made it like wrestling piece, Terry Funk. He was there, but like for every Terry Funk we had for 20 years, I remember when I broke in, um, they're like having been wrestling eight years, you were considered like a serious veteran, you know? There are so many people who wrestle so much longer now. And that has to do with with obviously with drugs and schedule and stuff like that and, and steroids and cocaine and drinking. Like these days, you have to count your calories and your macros. You know, you can't just like eat whatever you want and then take steroids and you're fine. Like that's not a thing anymore. Right? You need to uh, be in the gym all the time. You can't just be like pumping iron, brother, and get big naturally. And like, you can't have like the steroid gut anymore, you know? You know, steroid gut, where guys are on juice, but they got that big old gut. Um, that's a thing, right? So I think to an extent, one, because the business has evolved the way that it has, it has become more and more complicated because all, all performances have diminishing returns on the performance, right? So like, you can only do the figure four leg lock so many times before you need to do a cooler figure four leg lock. 
And that's true. Of, that's always been true of wrestling, right? Like the guys in the 80s were saying that the guys in the 90s were overdoing it. Like, oh my God, Stone Cold and The Rock kicked out of three finishers each. The business is dead. Guys, if the business died every time, every single time an old timer said the business was dead, we'd have a zombie army of wrestlers at this point. That'd be great like, though. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. You know what? I'm down. I'm down. Shut up, shut up Backyard Pro and Von Vertigo. Yeah, there you go. I mean, even Interspecies Wrestling 15 years ago had it. Is he dead yet? The wrestling zombie, that's a thing. Shout out Interspecies Wrestling. Um, but I do think that like we're in this process right now of where wrestling went like to UFC-ish. Like with, with the rise of UFC, wrestling became like very strong style and guys were just beating the shit out of each other for no reason. Um, and now we're moving back towards like a gimmicky era uh, where we embrace the pro wrestling medium. Uh, and what I mean by that is there's no other version of, of art where like the creator and the audience are, are kind of making the story together. Um, pro wrestling doesn't need to be MMA because it's not MMA, right? And there are people who are like, oh, this is real serious wrestling. And these are always guys who just like watch NWA from the 80s and whatever. And they always have to tell you how many years they've watched wrestling. If you go online and you tell me I've been wrestling, watching wrestling for 30 years and I got to say, I don't like this. I'm like, you're a nerd. I don't care. <laughs> what do you got to prove to me how long you've been watching wrestling for, you geek? Um, you've been watching 30 years and you have to brag about it. Stop watching. Nobody cares. Um, <laughs> but like, there's you have to do more but now we can do less like now we can embrace some more gimmicky stuff and obviously there's this like pullback and it's it's funny eh, that it's always the guys who are saying wrestling is unsafe now like oh wrestling is unsafe They're, these guys are doing too much they always want to go back to like the strong style era where guys literally beat the shit out of each other i wrestled um demolition in shikara a long time ago i was like 18 okay and I could work. I've been working since I was 13. I could throw a, a fake punch. That's no problem. But I got in there with Demolition Smash. Great guy, by the way. Got in there. He was like, you need to hit me as hard as you can. Just punch me in the chest. Punch me as hard as you can so it won't, it'll look good. And I'm like, bro, I can, I can work. And he's like, I don't care. You need to hit me as hard as you can. And I was like, all right, you're a veteran. So fine, no problem. So like, I landed some punches in there, but only half-cocked punches. I didn't want to punch the guy in the face. And he's like, I can throw a good punch, you know? But he still wanted me to hit me as hard as he can. So sometimes I think that like the old timers that like the generation before mine, let's say, so like 30 years ago, um, they're still in this like kayfabe protecting the business mentality where we have to act like we're real tough guys and all this shit. Um, and they're being tough for the wrong reasons. These guys are being toxic masculine tough where they have to be like, nothing is wrong and I'm never in pain and I only hit people hard. Whereas I come from the line of thinking of like, if I'm in pain and I can admit that and take responsibility for it and keep going, that's way more masculine in my opinion. The, the ability to admit to your weakness and still push through it is way more masculine in my opinion than no selling any kind of injury whatsoever. I think that's foolish. I think being ashamed to look weak is weak. That's the weakness. The shame you're feeling, the embarrassment that you're feeling, because you don't think you're tough enough. Who cares what other people think? That's why we're tougher now these days. Old time wrestlers are cowards. <laughs> what's your sound bite? 
I'm going to want to defend myself on the Orange Cassidy because he's <laughs> one of my favorite wrestlers today, uh, and, and he's fantastic. I, yeah. That was a commentary on the open challenge format, not on Orange Cassidy, who is great. Um, <laughs> I do, I do want to ask about you, you. Kind of mentioned doing a bunch of destroyers, and there was the the spot in an Orange Cassidy match. But, yeah. uh, go figure. Where yeah. they do the multiple destroyers, and people were very upset. Very upset. It. Yes, I I am of the mind of like at this point, who cares? Like we've kind of seen it all. But but as a wrestler, like is it sometimes too much of like yeah, let's go? Because you do hear a lot of wrestlers say this of like go out there do what's the next crazy thing you're going to do. And a lot of people are just like, Hey, how about you just grab a hold kid and then get him to care in that manner. I, I jokingly tweeted John Cena just did a punch and look, John Cena is on a different level than everybody else when it comes yeah, to superstardom. But John Cena does a punch and the crowd just goes insane of like, look at what John Cena has done. Meanwhile, you got these guys doing out there doing the 450 gainers and like, oh, okay, this is awesome. Jay, like, That's a good one from the office. Gainers. Um, <laughs> I have no problem with it. Wrestling is everything. Wrestling is nothing at the same time. There's no definition of wrestling. Like, if you can get over with a punch, great. If you can get over with 17 million destroyers, great. As long as it's safe and it's making money, who gives a shit? Why do I got to police what other people like? Just like what you like and enjoy what other people like. Who cares? And clearly they can do it. And if they can do it, go for it. It's, it bro, it is fucking fake. It is storytelling. Come on. Are you joking me? Destroyers aren't even dangerous. Like, if you think a destroyer is dangerous, you've never taken a destroyer. It's all a guy taking the move. Yeah, right? it looks like it hurts the guy doing it more because you're right. landing it's on your hip and your broken. ass. Yeah, your ass gets bro- broken. You don't <laughs> yeah. actually land on your head, you fucking morons. Um, but, like, I, the Orange Cassidy deal, I think, is, is a good... And I, I love Orange Cassidy, even though he completely broke my shoulder in 2018. Um... I always have to plug that because he gave me beach break off the top and forgot to tell me to hold his waist. And so I landed. I remember looking at the mat like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit, turn. And my shoulder died. Um, but that being, that was like 15 years ago. Fuck. Anyway, um, I think that the, the Orange Cassidy experiment is really, really kind of like showing the shift in consciousness of the average professional wrestling, uh, not viewer, but like fan in general. It's a real like old school versus new school mentality. Um, I think that his uh, laissez-faire attitude and the, the blaseness speaks a lot to the current climate of the world right now. I think a lot of us are just kind of like, fuck it, the world's on fire, let's just whatever, who cares, you know? Um, I love that. I love that he eventually gets so fed up with not caring that he cares uh, and attacks people, that kind of stuff, you know? Um, I, love, I love the person, the guy, Orange Cassidy, great guy. Um, and I think that like wrestling has always been a three ring circus and there's always been something for everybody. So yes, John Cena can hit a punch and get a pop. And then we can also have orange Cassidy and Penta doing dueling destroyers. And do we have, like, it shouldn't be a whole show of dueling destroyers. Right. But if that's one spot in one match in a two hour, three hour event, well, if you go to the circus and you don't like the animals, you go see the clowns. If you don't like the clowns, you go see the whatever, you know, you don't have to like every single thing because not all wrestling is for you. Wrestling is for the most diverse market possible, right? Wrestlers play to an audience of, like, worldwide people now. It's not just local TV in Georgia where you just have to do Georgia shit, right? Like, it's worldwide. WWE did an India show. That was unheard of back in the day. But when we're in India, we're going to do India things. 
great. Like, it's good that there's wrestling for everybody. And if you're the kind of wrestling fan who likes multiple destroyers, then good, you have wrestling for you. If you don't like that, you don't have to watch it. It's really that simple. There's this thing called a remote control. Well, let's uh, let's talk about people taking the remote controls and uh, turning on your territory. Let's talk about IWS. Yeah, baby. Got a big show. Know your enemies. Saturday, September sixteenth. It's going to be at Bay Metier If you're going to be in uh, Montreal, you've got to not. You can watch live on Fight Plus. That's right. We're on Fight Plus now, boys. Thank you for grabbing that. That that that, that plug as I was about to to put it in. You just took I it. Have I know all my plugs off by heart from hosting the show for so long. Make <laughs> uh, sure you check us out, IWS Hardcore, on every single platform. That's right. And we have tons of clips for free on YouTube. I'd like to thank our sponsor. Anyway, continue. <laughs> there, there are a few matches that uh, I definitely want to spotlight. The first one, there's a, there's a little triple threat coming up. Little triple threat, boys. Let's talk about this. So, Matt, so Alex May is going to take on Matt Viviani, who has suddenly, not surprisingly, become a favorite of mine. And, uh, of course, PCP Crazy and Manny, yep. someone that is near and dear to Jeremy Lambert's heart. They did yep. an interview with uh, with Manny over on uh, the main Fightful channel on the Spotlight. How do we get to this match? And also, like, how bonkers is this going to be? Because these three men are very, very different people. Is it the most ridiculous thing ever or what? Like, this is just like, you. Do, this was a, a curveball match. And this is how that this came to be. So... Giviani throws out the open challenge, and I was like, oh, Alex may be good for that. And then Manny was joking, like like he does. I was like, oh, maybe I'll answer Giviani's open challenge. And he was just joking about it. And then I got the, and I was like, you know the meme where the girl's like, hmm. And I was like, wait a minute. That would be fun. <laughs> like, let's do this. And with, like, a week of notice, I was like, Manny, you're wrestling on the show. And he was like, ah. Can I just be retired already? I was like, no, you cannot. I have to pull you back in. Uh, it's going to be nutty. It's going to be bonkers. Because, like, Maddie is this, like, old-school territory-style heel, right? Like, he's he's a former backyard legend, that being said. I don't know if you guys know this, but Matt Viviani was from CHW, uh, which is a very famous backyard fed. And their clip got played on um, in Molly's Game, the movie that was in theaters. I agree. Honestly, he is a mainstream movie star. Uh, then we have Alex Mays, who just performed at Effie's Big Gay Brunch and tore the house down. Uh, festive firework, flippy dude, awesome. Then you have PCP Manny, who cut his ear off against Nick Gage. So uh, <laughs> what's going to happen? Only one way to find out. You have to come see. I know it's good. Like, I've been spoke, speaking to all the guys, and I'm like, yeah. I know that one, when we announced it, Alex Mays had not been informed yet and was just, like, freaking out, not pleased. And I was like, bro. It's fine, don't worry. Viviani was stoked though. Viviani was real happy. He was like, "Oh yeah, shit, we're gonna do like light tubes." And I was like, "Nah, man, we're not like." It's not fans bringing the weapons. There will be hardcore, obviously. There, it's it's a Manny match, so there. I, I'm certain there will be copious amounts of blood. Not sure what body part he will lose this time, but it might be one of them. He has lots of body parts, but hey. The last two fans in the weapons he did, one, he, like, sliced his hand open and couldn't use his hand for, like, weeks. And the other one, he, he cut his ear off. So um, if you'd like to buy PCP Manny ear replicas, they are available at the merch table. There they are. Yeah. We'll sign them for you. Yeah. Wait uh, a second. Is this, is this a real thing? There are ear replicas? No, but I did I, want them. I, I did genuinely look into them. I wanted to get candy ears made so that you could eat Manny's ear. 
but logistically they were too expensive to make happen. Also, the Tyson camp would have come after you guys real quick for that uh, one. Ah, listen, if we brand it as PC Manny's ear, they can let the little guy make some money too, Mike Tyson. Okay, they get another face tattoo. <laughs> Hold on, before Jeremy asks this, I gotta ask: Did 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 Viviani has he pitched to do an entrance on a Mario Kart go kart yet? Yes, he has. He's pitched so this. much, like. He he. So he's really committed to this gimmick. He bought himself a podium, and he's visiting various Canadian landmarks to be able to, he's met, like uh, cut promos for us, which is awesome. He's clearly thrown himself into this creatively, which I'm like real thrilled with, right? Um, but yeah, he's got a lot of ideas, a lot of ideas. One idea that I might, so like I have really wacky out there ideas. And sometimes Manny has to reel me in and bring me back into the territory of realism. But one thing I wanted to do was have a character who lived inside a video game. And so during their matches, we film like a teenager on screen with a remote control. And they're like doing commentary over their match like they're in a video game. Like, come on, kick out, uh, press C, press C, whatever. Um, I thought that would be very funny. And then Manny correctly pointed out that we had an audience of two languages and like it probably would not land but one day one day maybe like a friday night speedball we could do something like that okay so could you restart the match in that like you're about to get pinned and then it pauses and then you go to like restart the match we do the the classic pull out the controller like okay the controller controller disconnected yeah that one that one's good i did a spot with that with you evil uno in Shikara, way back in the day, where uh, we're wrestling, we're wrestling, and then I, I bring him to the outside of the ring, he tries to punch me, and I pause it. He used to have a pause thing on his tights. And then I brought him out and asked for a count out. Now, in Shikara, back in the day, there was like a 20 count. So the ref had to count to 20, but we didn't wise up anybody backstage to what we were doing. So Quack sent, uh, I think it was Gulak or somebody out to unpause Uno so he could get back into the ring. But we wanted the count out finish. So we unpause them. We're like, oh, shit, what do we do? Uno freaks out, gets into the ring, and I give him a shoot takedown, pause him, and pin him again. That's all I came up with, one, two, three. But then he couldn't move. So he stays in the ring until the next match has made their entrance and unpauses him, and then he tries to roll up the referee thinking he's still in the match, uh, which is all improv because it was like our second plan, you know? So I guess, you know, Jim Cornette can hate that too. There you go. (laughs) No destroyers in the match, though, so there's that. That worked out. I like how crazy effing Manny, PCP Manny, has to reel you in yes. on ideas. <laughs> Absolutely. All the time. I am, like, I'm a comic book guy, right? Uh, shout out to Andy Belanche, who's currently working on our two next books. Um, one of them for a video game and another one that I've been working on. Here's a scoop for you guys. Uh, I uh, In production right now is a graphic novel called Professional Wrestling Match Structure, an Illustrated Guide. And I have written my match structure seminar into a comic book. It's going to be about 32 pages. It'll be on Kickstarter in about six months or so. But make sure you check it out. We'll do another in the weeds then for for funsies. But um, I'm a comic book guy. Like, I was all about the wacky Shikara shit of, like, pausing evil Uno and all that stuff, right? Not everybody likes it. Like we said before, right? Like not everybody likes that wacky shit. They want to see blood and chairs and all this business. Um, And that's fine by me. 
that's another thing. It's like I know that the audience doesn't necessarily like what I like, and it's my job to serve the audience. It's my job as a pro wrestler to give them their money's worth. Um, these people are literally paying hours of their lives to come watch us play fight in our underwear. The least I can do is give them a good show, something they want to see and not what I think is cool. And I think that that philosophy kind of applies to IWS in general. Like we don't do what we just think is cool. We try to listen to the audience as much as we can. Like if, if you'll see me at shows, I will like literally be talking to fans, asking them what they liked, what they didn't like. It's real grassroots where like, hey, do you like these people? And I do find that the audience uh, in the IWS really does let us know who they like and who they don't like. I'm a fan of saying there are no faces and heels in IWS. It's just how the crowd decides to react that day. Um, it's worked out pretty well for us so far. Worked out pretty well. And now we're on the Fight Plus, right? We got our next show, September 16th, Bay Mathieu. Uh, other matches, Benjamin Tull uh, against Carl Jepson, real talented up-and-comer. Two big boys. Meat is on the menu. Meat's been a thing in the media this week. And uh, these guys are big, and they chop hard. And some, some good stuff. We got a women's titles match between uh, the Cobra, Katrina Creed, new champion, and Danny Leo, her former best friend, who ruined her celebration. How dare she? Katrina Sorry. Creed finally knocked off controversial champion Mel Havoc. Danny Havoc, Danny um, Leo came in to make the save and nailed her with the belt. Oh, rude. What else we got there? Uh, James Stone versus Ben Orbins, two really talented Canadian veterans. Uh, both with a solid 20 years experience behind their belt. Uh, and I don't think they've ever actually had singles. So I'm looking forward to that one. going to be super fun. Uh, intergender action. The Mains event, Dr. Stephen Mains. I call him Dr. Mains now because he was on WWTV as a, a trainer twice now as an extra. Um, against Melanie Havoc, the aforementioned Melanie Havoc. So intergender wrestling right there. That should be very, very fun. Uh, IWS doesn't really promote it as intergender. It's more just equal rights, equal fights, characters are characters. You know, when Superman fights Wonder Woman, you're not like, oh, it's a, it's an intergender match. No, they're superheroes and they're fighting. That's, that's how it is. Uh, Dynasty and the debuting Dante Dubois, who's the newest uh, graduate from the IWS Pro Dojo. He's someone to look out for, really talented guy, six foot two, hunk of muscle. Um, against the Dojo of Rock, Nathan Yarimovich and Sonny Soleil, and of course, these sexy beasts who are the triple H, the triple X sex express, sexy Eddie and Andy Belanger, uh, Bob, the animal anger. I'm sure that eight man tag will be a lot of fun. Um, seven matches coming up. It's going to be great. Real fun. We're going to be selling our Lagavier and our, our special seltzer. We have a new seltzer out guys. It's called peace. Be Manny's tropical plunge uh, on the can is where Nick gauge threw Manny off a balcony through 17 million tables. Uh, very nice tropical blend. Uh, goes down well. We have our beer as well, which is super fun. Uh, and lots of new merch. We have new basketball jerseys. Uh, we have new t-shirts. We have everything. Baymatsu is a dope venue. really is. Like Baymatsu, if you guys don't know, is a uh, former Olympic pool that has been emptied. And we put the ring in the pool. And the fans are like around the pool area. It looks real street fightery. It's real fun. Uh, I think it's a, a really fun venue, which is cool. Yeah, I've seen some photos from that place. It looks, uh, yeah, it looks pretty damn cool. It's 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 a nice little set. Like it looks real. I, I enjoy it. It's not quite on the Olympia level, which is where we have our big shows. That's that big massive theater that we did out of USGCW at. Um, I just like the classic theater vibe. But Bamatsuri is is hardcore dope. I'm a, I'm a big fan of it. Yeah, some people are going to be trying to do some uh, some walking dives off of that pool. You just know they it. always do. They always do. Someone has to dive off of the pool. I wish they still had a diving board. <laughs> 
It would oh, be amazing. That'd be painful. <laughs> before before I get you out of here, because yeah. uh, Mark from C4 is going to be joining us in a few minutes. Who cares? He can wait. No, no, he can't because we've been wanting to do that chat for a while too. But you, very famously, or maybe not so famously, people don't know, you were on the first C4 card, and I think you were even on maybe the first match. The first match ever C4 was Twiggy and myself in a singles. That's correct. Talk to um, me about C4 over the years because you, you, you've been a guy there. I've been a guy there. I've been recent, most recently. I was tag team champion with uh, the Hawk Stepper, McCray Martin, as the Hawk Stepper. I love C4, man. Mark's a really nice guy. If I had one complaint about C4, it's that their shows go 17 hours long, and if you're in the main event, you have to like stay awake, which is difficult for me as an older man. Uh, but their shows are amazing, you know. Like there's a reason that they're called the Canadian PWG. Uh, Mark is really good at identifying and spotlighting new talent, uh, especially of the American variety. Uh, Mark's also a fantastic storyteller. Uh, we collaborated on scripts already uh, for stuff like Mother Trucker 3. Uh, I bought his book as well, which is really fun. I like Mark quite a bit. Nice guy. Uh, I like Steven too. So Mark and Steven are the managers over there. Steven's a former army medic who looks like uh, Mario, Super Mario, and is just one of the sweetest men you will ever meet in your life. Um, I think they're both also in the camp of Older wrestlers need to shut their mouths uh, and just put their egos aside and let the business evolve. Because at the end of the day, who's selling tickets these days, boys? Huh? Who's out there in the trenches? Support people. Support the next generation. Don't tear them down. Don't just say controversial shit for likes and tweets. Who would do that? Who would just say controversial things for the engagement? Not me. Never. Uh, Shane, I, I know we got to wrap up. I, I see Mark backstage now. So if you want to bury him, uh, you can, if you would like to <laughs> pop them. Okay. Uh, but I do, I, I do have to, to ask, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask, how are, how are you feeling after everything? Uh, I know it's been a long up and down yeah. year, but how are you doing? Um, number one, I love Mark. So if he's backstage, I'm not going to talk any shit about him at all, but also fuck you, Mark. Um, <laughs> my neck is okay. It's not great. Uh, I saw one surgeon who told me that I could wrestle right away if I wanted to without even looking at my scans first. Uh, we then realized he did not know what pro wrestling was. He had no idea what wrestling was. Uh, I had to Google it and show him. Even then, he was like, yeah, just whatever, get on my face. Okay? So then I got a second opinion who was like, under no uncertain terms may you wrestle. You will die. So now we've got one who's like, you're fine. The other one who's like, you're going to die. So I'm getting a third opinion. I'm going to the McGill uh, Sports Therapy Center here, uh, and I'm going to go get rescanned and get it rechecked and all that. Um, my body itself is not in crazy bad shape. Like I had the average pain of a 20 year year veteran professional wrestler, um, but I knew something was wrong with my neck, but I didn't know what it was. But I've been like wrestling for two or three years with these injuries. I won the C4 tag titles with these injuries. I won the IWS tag titles with these injuries. I won multiple titles with a broken freaking neck. Um, and I was fine. So I, I do do I do have to admit that not being at a wrestling show every week is very good for my mental health and my physical health. Like, I'm enjoying it. Um, but I still feel like I have something left to accomplish and something. Like, my last match was a loss at a camping ground. Um, and just it wasn't the way that I wanted to go out. So 
I don't think I'm making a full-time return anytime soon, that's for sure, but I was very careful to word it as a hiatus and not a retirement uh, because I'd like to do something else. I don't know what it is. Whatever it is, it's going to piss off Jim Cornette. That's all that matters. Um, mentally, I'm doing, I'm, I'm okay as well. Like, you know, I'm a mental health guy. It is what it is. It's, uh, it was definitely like a culture shock and like a blow to the, the ego. But we're working through it. And uh, my students at the Adidas Dojo are going on to do some really cool, amazing things. And I'm proud of them for that and happy about that. Uh, so ups and downs, we're surviving. Uh, the best way to cheer me up, of course, would be to purchase tickets to September 16th, Bay Matsu, know your enemies, or watch it live on Fight Plus, or even watch the replay. That would be amazing. Um, because it's a, honestly, man, like we're building something really special. Um, a lot of people have told me, said to me to my face, like it's, it's like night and day from older era IWS. People are happy to be there. Uh, I'm ho I hope I'm doing right by people. Maybe I'm not. I don't know. I'm trying my best. That's really all you, anybody can ask for you. Um, and my shows don't go until 1 a.m. like Mark Polisell's shows. Right, Mark? <laughs> Gonna have to work on that. That being said, C4 shows have cookies and fruit backstage, and we don't. So, hey, who am I to talk? Who am I to talk? But I'll let you guys get on with uh, Mark. I know he's a busy guy. And I, I thank you for having me in there. And I once more got to say... Fuck the older generation for thinking that they know better than us. Because as somebody who has bridged 20 years in wrestling, it is much more difficult to be an independent wrestler these days than it was 20 years ago. Shane Hawk, Andrew, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate thank you. you. And we're going to yeah. see you again real soon. I just know it. Hell yeah, brother. All right, guys. You have a good one. Thank you. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.